someone. Always trust my gut. Hello and welcome to Gutted. I'm Elise. And I'm Tony, and we're here to spill our guts about horror films. Before we get started today, we have a little podcast update. Oh yeah, I've got some exciting stuff to update you with. Yep, we do. (laughs) We do. We have uh, jumped on that wagon, that Patreon wagon. That's right. We have started a Patreon. We have. Elise, could you tell everybody about what we have planned for our Patreon page? Yes, I can, Tony. So we have done quite a few different kinds of formats. We've done the Spill Your Guts episodes where we do a deep dive into one horror movie. We do Gut to Gut where we compare an original versus the remake, like Prom Night original versus Prom Night remake. Those are always fun. Dawn of the Dead versus Dawn of the Dead remake. So the Gut to Guts are always fun. Uh, We have also done some top 10 lists, things or elements of movies that we think are just the best or top 10 desert island where we pick 10 movies that would come with us on a desert island for our patrons there's just one tier five dollars a month and patrons also have the ability to choose or voice which kinds of episodes they want what movies they want covered so if there's a movie that we have not covered and you are part of um, our patreon then go ahead and request that movie and we will cover that perhaps in a spill your gut episode and also we have some ideas for the future perhaps some merch is in the works we have some merch in the works definitely so who knows we might have (laughs) might have some tote bags some cute uh gut stickers little intestines who knows a pin options are endless (laughs) options are endless yeah so we're really excited to um announce that we have some big plans coming for Got some plans. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to see all of those details on our Instagram page. So if you don't follow us on Instagram, it's at gutted horror podcast mm-hmm. on Patreon. We are gutted horror podcast. So for today's episode, we are in the middle of summer. So what better movie to review than burnt offerings <laughs> 1976 directed by dan curtis and written by dan curtis robert morasco and william f nolan mm-hmm. and this is one of our gut reaction episodes we will recap and review the first half of the movie press pause offer our five predictions of what's going to happen in the second half because this is a movie that we have not seen before. (laughs) Then we'll watch the second half of the movie, return with the results of our predictions. And if you haven't seen Burn Offerings and want to play along, it's currently streaming on Shudder, Tubi, or AMC+. Watch about half of this movie. We stopped at the 57-minute mark. We press pause. You can come up with your own predictions to see if they align with ours. Maybe you are a horror aficionado and you know exactly what's going to happen. You can read the room very Mm, well. You're a good guesser. Yep. You're a good guesser. And we'll see how yours compare with ours. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to start this episode out with a little question for you, Elise. Mm, Yeah. Um, And, you know, because we are a married couple, it is kind of... A question for both of us, but I wanted you to tell us the story of our worst Airbnb experience. Oh, our worst Airbnb, because yeah, this is a family on vacation. I guess maybe it was in Poland. It wasn't really an Airbnb. 
B, it was a hostel. And but we're not reviewing the movie Hostel. I know, <laughs> but it wasn't a hostel. That was scary. Wait, uh, what about our Airbnb in Seattle? Oh yeah, the stinky one. Yeah, that was bad too. I mean, we've we've traveled a bit, so we have a few, I guess, experiences. The stinkiest was our Airbnb in Seattle. We went for a music festival and the town was sold out. Like you could not get another Airbnb anywhere else, short notice. <laughs> so we got to our lodgings and when we laid down on the bed, we're just like, oh, what's that? There's like an odd stench in this bed. Where's it coming from? Is it like the bed itself? Is it the pillows? Is it the walls? And I think we finally figured out it was like deep, deeply rooted in the bed. Yeah. Like you need to throw this mattress away, burn it immediately. Yeah. This needs to be a burnt offering. It, was no there one. a dead skunk inside of the mattress? It didn't smell like skunk though. You know, it was like funky. It was like a deep musk, very deep musk <laughs> funk. I almost would have preferred a skunk smell, but this was just so invasive in my nostrils. It was singed into my nose hairs. Even after we left, I could still smell it. Can you still remember that stench? Yes. It's still ingrained. It's it part is. of your trauma. Yeah. Your olfactories are, are deeply rooted in your memory. And so I will never forget this musk. Imagine a scenario in where you are taking your family on an extended summer vacation out in the country. And you find this big, marvelous, grandiose mansion yeah. that is available for rent for the mere price of $900 for the, the entire summer. summer. But here's the catch. You have to fix it up. <laughs> you are the caretaker. <laughs> Not worth it. So I started out the question about the Airbnb oh, because yeah. this to me, we you know, we watched the first half of Burnt Offerings and the one thing that was my takeaway was what a terrible summer vacation. I mean, so far, yeah. Like I don't even think we've gotten to the nitty gritty of bad things. <laughs> it's just like a lot of cleaning. That to me is a terrible vacation. Yeah. <laughs> but the mama is loving it. She's like, I fixed everything up. I polished the concrete outside by the pool. <laughs> and she's smiling about it. She's crazy. <laughs> How did you first hear about burnt offerings? Because um, it was just not on my radar at all until you'd mentioned it. And you mentioned it specifically for a reason. Oh, I'm not sure if you even remember, but... I remember. You remember? I so I had first heard of Burnt Offerings um, whilst watching the special features on my Scream DVD. One of the featurettes, they're interviewing everybody on the crew, the cast and crew, what was the scariest horror movie they'd seen. And somebody on the crew, I don't know if she was part of lighting or makeup or wardrobe, but she mentioned burnt offerings. She didn't say anything about it. She's just like, burnt offerings, terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder what that's about. It's been on my mind for years, probably mm. decades, honestly. I totally misremembered that. I thought that burnt offerings was mentioned as one of Randy's films to watch a horror film in the movie Scream. I actually don't remember if he mentioned Burnt Offerings. I just remember the featurette and the crew member mentioning Burnt Offerings. So this is a recommendation from a crew member of the uh, movie Scream. The from original. 1996. Yeah, I don't know who this person is. 
but it is on the featurette somewhere. <laughs> so it's been on our watch list for quite some time. I hadn't heard of it. I'm always down for a the house is crazy and everyone's going to go crazy in it. Yeah, the house makes you crazy. Not exactly sure if this is a ghost film, oh, if this on. is a haunted house. Sounds like you're getting into predictions here. Not getting into predictions, just like an overall sense of the film. So what's going on in the first half of this film? What is going on indeed? Yes, we have we have the Rolf family. The Rolf family. We start with them in their family station wagon. They come upon this grand mansion. It's definitely in a remote area. We meet our, our family and it's mom, dad, and a son. And a so, son, a little trio. Marion, played by Karen Black, mm-hmm. uh, which I know from one of the airport movies. Yeah. I, I recognized her. I didn't know where I recognized her from, but yeah, it's from Airplane. Yeah. No, not Airplane. Airport. Airport. Okay. Airport. Like Wait, the Air, Airplane is the Leslie Nielsen. That's the comp. Oh, I love the parody. that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love she, that movie. She was not an airplane. She was an airport, <laughs> I think 77, the one where she has to fly the airplane and she's a flight attendant. Mm-hmm. Oh, 77 goes in the water. So maybe it's 75. Yes. She's an airport 1975. So is this a sequel? It's airport? a sequel okay. to the first airport. So this is like number two? Number two. Okay. Before the one where they go in the water. That's <laughs> that's my favorite one. So airport I haven't 77. I've seen it. You just spoiled it for me. I, you've watched it with me. Did we? I, did, I must have fallen asleep. Blocked it out. It was a good one though. Memory. I One of my favorite subgenres of movies are they like these bad disaster movies. They're really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Earthquake. That's another good one. So we have Karen Black. We also have Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. Who we know from The Brood. Yeah. He's like the the drama therapist. Yes. The psychotherapist. Great character in that yeah. movie. Yeah. So he's the dad. Ben and then the we dad. have the little boys. What, Davey? Davey, played by Lee Montgomery. He was in something like Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I didn't see that movie. They meet <laughs> the, the brother and sister, Roz and... Arnold, Roz and Arnold Allardyce. Allardyce. Allardyce, yeah. They live in the home with mother, who is 85, uh, and she comes with the house, basically. If you want to rent out the home, you have to take care of mother. This family is rolling up to this vacation home Mm -hmm. without having seen the home. Well, and without having without knowing a price. Yeah. They went into the house. Off of an ad that said the price is reasonable. Yeah, for the right people. And they hadn't seen the house. Yeah. So, you know, pre-internet days, this is how people rolled in the 70s. You kind of just had to do it. You had to go for it, you know? Can't like vet anything. You just have to like see for yourself. See one little printed ad in the newspaper and yeah, that sounds great. Let's go check it out. Family time in the mansion. Yeah. So they get there and Roz and Arnold, brother and sister. Arnold played by Burgess Meredith, who in the same year was in Rocky. Oh. Yeah, he played, I didn't recognize him, but played you Mickey yeah. in Rocky. Same year was nominated for an Academy Award. Not for this, but for Rocky. Yeah, and they're a little kooky and uh super kooky. Very kooky. They also have a like a house caretaker who's just straight kooky. up batty. Yeah. Straight up baddie. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take care of the plants. They're all dead. Yeah. Terrible caretaker. <laughs> yeah. These plants are, they're brown and withered. And even Marion makes a comment. She's like, oh, such a waste. It just bothers me. <laughs> so it's a huge estate. And yeah. there's something up with the house. There's something up with it. And there's something up with Ross and Arnold. They're very excited by this couple. And they're like, oh, we have a son. And they look outside and they watch little little Davey playing around. He's jumping on a gazebo, falls off and scrapes his knee. 
They're like, oh, yeah, good. Like these- <laughs> He's got the devil in him. Yeah, they're like excited that this kid like busted his knee up. Yeah. So what's that about? <laughs> you know, despite all of the red flags that are going on here, the mom yeah, is Marion. She is in love with this house. Yeah. She really wants to rent it. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what's the price? And Roz is like, well, 900 And Ben's like, I don't know. She's like, for the whole summer. Like, ooh, that's a steal. What's the catch? Well, there's mother. You have to feed mother three times a day. And I don't know about you, but even if it was a great deal, I would not want to feed someone's mom. Well, this deal goes from great to not so great because they end up basically being caretakers of the house. Yeah. They go off and and Ben, he's a little more skeptical, but Marion, she really loves the house she really wants to go and for he it. says oh you really need this don't you and she's like you know i do so i'm like oh why does she really need this yeah. vacation house what's the the recent perhaps trauma is there something stale in the marriage they need to shake it up does she need yeah. some alone time if she needs alone time going off to this mansion with just your husband and kid and aunt and aunt so we get aunt elizabeth aunt played by Betty Davis. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So once Ben caves, he's like, okay, let's take that house for the summer. And Marion's all happy and he grabs her boob. So he's happy. And <laughs> yeah, that's a full on grope. <laughs> it's a very, very full on grope. And I'm like, did he ad lib that? I think I mentioned when we were watching, I was like, I wonder how many takes they did of that scene. Yeah. Is that a one taker? Oliver's or... <laughs> like, I don't know how I felt about that one. Let's try it again. Can we get another another yeah. round of that? It definitely seemed like one of those moments where it's like the actor's taking it upon himself to insert little nuances into the marriage yeah, character. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they head back to the mansion with Aunt Elizabeth in tow, mm-hmm. Betty Davis. They are about to embark on a summer of fun. Summer of fun. There's an empty pool that looks disgusting. They're amped about it. It's a big property, a big estate. And while it is very beautiful and I don't know, looks prestigious there's a lot of work to do and right when they move in they uh, they get to work and yeah. it's like they're cleaning out the pool marion she is uh vacuuming and she's redecorating with one of those heavy 70s vacuums like made of metal <laughs> they look so huge and cumbersome and she's vacuuming each stair and i think ben at one point uh greets her after going to a grocery store or something and he's like, how's it going, slave? He said that? Yeah, he had some weird line like that. No, he didn't. Like he cheekily said it while she's vacuuming. He called her a slave? Because she was doing all of this housework. This is a bad deal from the start. They basically paid 900 bucks to work on the house for the summer. Yeah, like to make it better than when they got it. <laughs> yeah, they're the gardeners, they're the maids. They have to watch over some mysterious old lady who never leaves her yeah. room. And Marion's like, I'll take care of her. I'll feed her three times a day. No one's ever seen her. She has these really creepy framed photos in her room. In her sitting room. All these photos that they say is like a lifetime of memories. Yeah. Yeah. And the photos, when when Marion's looking at them, she's looking at them kind of like perplexed. And I think they are postmortem photos. Mm. Because the eyes 
are just a little too wide open. <laughs> we also saw a bunch of photographs of the house itself. I think it was supposed to show the family that this house has been here for a long time. Yeah. Roz, the sister, initially says something like, oh, this house is almost immortal. You're going to really love this house in the summer when it comes alive. It takes care of itself. Children are good for the house. Some of the red flags. Light bulbs are out, and then they mysteriously work <gasps> okay out of nowhere so when they go downstairs to pop open that celebratory bottle of champagne um at first the light bulb in the pantry is burnt out ben cuts his finger opening the bottle davy goes into the pantry and turns on the light just instinctively the light actually does turn on he's like oh ho hos i see some some ding dongs <laughs> i see ding dongs yeah not realizing that the light that was burnt out is now in working order. They also mentioned that none of the clocks in the house work. <gasps> They're not working. Mm -mm. There's also a plant that uh, the the groundskeeper is getting ready to toss. And he's like, this plant is dead. And then he turns the plant around and there's a little new growth on it. A little sprig, a little green sprig. And he's like, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, you know, weird. Right after Davy scraped his knee. Oh, hmm. okay. Interesting. Okay. So they're exploring the house. Mom is furiously cleaning. Yeah. And Davy and dad have stumbled across the, the family cemetery. And Ben even says, oh, they're all allardices. And they only go up to 1890s at the most recent. Like, oh, why did they stop burying their descendants after 1890? Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So another clue. Another clue. And there's like a rusty bike that the camera zooms in on. Why? <laughs> so this is the thing. When we start watching movies with a critical eye in hopes of predicting the second half, we are looking at these little details more than what they are meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Maybe they the cameraman just thought it was a cool shot. A yeah, rusty it's just bike a nice a shot of a rusty bike. Rusty bike and overgrown grass. It Looks just shows cool. that the house is old. It's old. Yeah. Daddy and Davy go to the pool to start cleaning that mess hole out. And there's like full on tree branches Whole trees. in the pool. It's, yeah. He's trying to um, fix a sub pump kind of thing yeah. to get the water out. And yeah. And Davy's like, I can do it. So Davy figures it out. So how old is Davy? Davy's like 12. 12? Okay. He's 12. He's yeah, like, 12 oh, I can figure that with out. mechanical knowledge. They used to have exactly. shop class yeah. back in the day yeah. and wood shop like in middle school at least. Yeah, and pool pump, pool pump class. Yeah. Yeah, fix your pool pump. <laughs> these are the classes in education that we, we need are to bring missing these back. Days. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. I want a pool more pump. sixth graders knowing how to change out a transmission. Yeah, instead, all my sixth graders are telling me how to use an app or what an app is. Yeah. <laughs> So they're out there fixing the pool. Aunt Elizabeth, she's watching along. She's just kind of sunbathing. Yeah. She's just dressed fabulously in every scene. And she has a really great personality. Yeah, she seems her. vibrant, full of life. She's I'm a like painter. Aunt Elizabeth. She paints. She's like, I smoke and I drink. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> she seems like a hoot. I think it's like a week later and Marion is back at like the door of Mrs. Allardis again saying, okay, it's been over a week and you haven't eaten anything i'm like okay that lady's probably dead <laughs> if it's been a week and she hasn't eaten anything that you've tried to give her it's time to worry so who is mrs allardyce we have not we met not her yet know, i yeah. know is she even in the room apparently she is because the very next meal the food has been eaten we still have not seen her mm. 
but at least the food's finally been eaten. She's like a snake. She only needs to eat once a week or something. Yeah, so. yeah. She's good after like one egg. Yeah. Marion's happy. She's like, oh, yay, my egg got eaten or my <laughs> porridge. I don't know. She loves caring for the house and caring for Miss Allardyce. She just loves it. There's like a little jewelry box in the sitting room that she keeps popping open and playing that song. And she looks so happy and at ease. And <laughs> like, you know, the tune's not that good. People love those little music boxes. They're, those are fun. They're a little creepy. Everyone always says that they're creepy, but are what makes them creepy? After you wind it up and you play it, once it starts to wind down, it gets slower and slower. That's the creepy part. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's scary. <laughs> as a per, as a child who has had jewelry boxes, I always would shut the box when I got too too near the end because yeah. it's scary. <laughs> All right. So Ben and Davy, they do end up getting this pool in order. They do. It looks great. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've got a lot of work done on this house. They've yeah. trimmed the, the, the yard. They've uh, washed all the windows and dusted everything. Yeah. And even Ben's like, okay, Marion, everything looks great. Come on outside and let's, you know, go in the pool. She's like, nope, busy, busy, busy. Still going <laughs> to clean. Like, all right. She's like the mom in Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Who's on uppers, just cleaning the just house. Just cleaning like everything mad. manically. Yeah. But they get the pool going. The film does depict... That it is hot very well. Like, I feel sweaty. I feel sweaty these now characters. talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's warm in the room. We're it's going through warm. a heat wave. Well, we want to have a full 4D experience. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> we purposefully made sure it was hot today. So, Ben jumps in the pool. And at the bottom of the pool, he finds these tiny little circle-rimmed glasses that are broken. He puts them on for some reason. Oh, I didn't notice that he put them on. He put them on. And so when he's at first playing with Davy, and Davy's like, oh, it's a sea monster, it's a sea monster. Then we get our pretty interesting roughhouse scene. And it's a pretty innocent and actually quite a sweet scene of a dad playing with his son. It just sort of slowly morphs into... Something that is, I found very creepy, where he is trying to drown his son. He's yeah. roughhousing him. He's putting him under the water, dipping him in He's and out. He's got him in like a headlock at one point. The way it escalates is pretty terrifying because it is sweet at first. Like, you know, he's doing flips off dad's shoulders. Even Aunt Elizabeth is like, that's enough. Okay, we're good now. We're good. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, stop that. You're hurting him. And, yeah. and it's like, he's full on trying to kill this little boy. Yeah. Finally, Davey underwater grabs his goggles. And when he comes to the surface, uh, he smacks his dad square in the face and his nose starts dripping with blood. He has this madness in his eyes. Almost like he was a sea monster. It's like, oh, yeah. he just retreats. Like when you like punch a shark in the nose. Yeah. Getting some shining vibes here. Definitely some shining vibes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something's going on. Dad is taken by the power of the house, whatever it is. He, yeah. he changes. And the way that Oliver Reed delivered in the scene i thought was very unnerving it was a long scene it and, was long you know i really felt for davy i felt like i was drowning oliver reed as an actor he looks like he could be very gentle he has a almost like gentle looking face but he can also look very imposing because he has very broad shoulders mm -hmm. and now there's this separation in the house like everyone's kind of in their in their corner it's almost uh in sense like an amityville horror thing where yeah. everyone is just acting off because of the house. Something is not right. Something is amiss. And, and later that night, Ben does have a nightmare. 
in this nightmare scene, Ben is at his mom's funeral. He looks kind of similar to Davy, and he's looking at this man who I call Tall and Toothy. Mr. Tall, Tall and Toothy. Tall yeah. and Toothy. Very lanky dude with some circle-rimmed eyeglasses. <laughs> circle-rimmed sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> and he has like the little chauffeur hat. I think he is Ben's chauffeur at this funeral. But what's so eerie is that he's just smiling with this toothy grin. Totally inappropriate for a funeral. That's why it's scary. <laughs> what, the toothy grin the is The toothy grin. Oh, got it. At a funeral? My thought on this scene was um, that people in the 70s looked a little shifty. And I wrote that down in my notes. Shifty. Shifty, meaning that it's like in the movie Phantasm, the tall man. Yeah. He didn't really have to do much. He looks scary, he just looks, standing there. His walk was really scary. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. This character in the dream sequence was just standing there and smiling. And just yeah, that smile smiling. was out of place. Yeah. But it made me think like, wow, people in the 70s, they looked scary. To further my point, in these movies in the 70s, the, the way that they looked, um, they were often a little more sweaty. They're, more sweaty, more natural. Teeth. A little more messed up yeah, than today's more, standards. I would, I would argue natural. Natural, yes. Yes. So hair frizzy. Yeah. Dry looking. Yes. You know, there's. it's not the polished people that you see of the post Post 2000. Yeah. You yeah. have, you know, the hair that's been very well manicured and lacquered up. There's not a frizz in sight. Everyone has very straight and white teeth, uh, almost very uniform. Yeah. So it's not your J.J. Abrams Star Trek style mm. person that you get just in general in 70s horror and i think that actually adds a layer to of the creepiness making yeah. it creepy because everybody just kind of looks creepy everyone just looks real the hairstyles at the time this sort of like what do you call it popper boy medieval cut <laughs> the little page boy the long hair <laughs> bowl cut kind of thing yeah little page i boy find cut. all that a little creepy you think that's creepy <laughs> yes oh, okay. i think it adds to it yeah yeah Adds to the natural factor. I think it adds to the fact or the, the factor of, oh, if these are real people, then this could actually happen. Right, right, right. Whereas if you're seeing someone with a very well manicured head of hair and teeth, then you're like, oh, that's not real. It breaks you out of it. The yeah, you're like, that's of, not going to happen. That's yeah, too pretty. Everybody looks like a model. Although mm -hmm. at the people in this movie are very attractive. Oliver they're, Reed and Karen Black, they have the, an attractiveness to they're them. They're attractive in a very natural way. Yeah. They don't have the, you know, super shiny lacquered up hair. Yeah. They look different than they, actors you would see in a contemporary horror movie. Right. They're attractive people, but they have flaws like everybody else does. So it's, to me, that adds to the unsettlingness of this film. Yeah, the, the realism, the unsettling realism of the film. Yeah. So after Ben's nightmare, he, he wakes up and tells Mary, and he's like, oh, I had that dream again about my mom's funeral. And at this point, everybody, um, to me, seems like something's going on with them, except for Davey. We haven't really Davey seems talked. fine. Yeah. yeah. We later on have the, the nighttime pool romp where Ben's still shaking up. He's still by the pool and Marion comes outside very ghostly in her, her white dressing gown. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, you're still bothered by that? That was yesterday. <laughs> it was ages ago. And Ben's like, oh, yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> still shaking up about it. She's like, well, let's go for a swim. It might make you feel better. And so he jumps in the pool. And he's like, come on in, honey. 
And she does. She strips nude and jumps in and he mistakenly takes that for an invitation to do more. She's like, nope, not in the mood. And she hops out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get this really awkward, tense scene where he goes after her and he's like, come on, let's make love here in the field. And she almost does, but then she catches a glimpse of Mrs. Allardyce's window yeah. on the top floor of the house yeah. and suddenly goes into a panic. And she's almost screaming and crying and she cries out, no, don't. You don't understand. You mustn't. Yeah. And then he stops and he's like, okay. Yeah, they got real awkward real it fast. It got really awkward yeah. because her emotions just flooded to the surface. So we have some strained marriage, some just off behavior. Yeah, it's becoming more and more strained. And and Ben is pissed in the kitchen and drinking his coffee and smoking his cigarette. And he confronts Marion about not coming to bed. And she's like, oh, I just, you know, I forgot. You know, I fell asleep in the sitting chair. He's like, mm, I'm going to go trim the drive. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just out there with a machete, just hacking away at this jungle's worth of drive bushes. Yeah, that's his way of trimming the drive. He really needs to blow off some steam, so he grabs the machete. He's shirtless and just sweating. Sweating profusely. bullets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aunt Elizabeth finally comes downstairs. It's about noon, and she's wiped out. And Marion, all chipper, is like, Oh, you never sleep in. And Aunt Elizabeth is like, oh, yeah, I am tired. I yeah. am pooped. And she's looking in the mirror at all the bags under her eyes that seem to be increasing. And she looks at Mary and she's like, oh, you're getting some grays, too. And Marion's pumped about it. She's like, yeah, <laughs> I take after my Aunt Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, some body positivity right yeah, there. Yeah, she's really excited about all her new grays that seem to crop up overnight <laughs> something is draining them or yeah. altering their behavior so what right before it? we stop aunt elizabeth is gonna take a nap but then she's like no that's stupid i need to wake up because i'm usually full of energy mm -hmm. so she decides to pay mrs allardyce a visit she's going to show her some of her paintings she knocks on mrs allardyce's door and who opens it marion she's like <laughs> what do you want <laughs> Aunt Elizabeth is trying to get in. She's like, I want to, you know, say thank you to our benefactor. I want to come in. Marion's like, no, she's sleeping. See, I don't even know if Marion has been inside of Mrs. Allardyce's room. I she just kind she of has. hangs out in the waiting room. Yeah, she hangs out in the sitting room with all those pictures, the lifetime of memories and the wing chair. Yeah, she's totally entranced by not only the house, but Mrs. Allardyce. Yeah. She has taken on full responsibility to take care of this woman who I don't think she's even seen. I don't think she's seen her. She's just feeding her. Yeah. Someone's eating it. Meanwhile, the rest of the house is going either mad, missing. Or fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> missing every... refers to Davy. What, yeah. What's happening? Where is Davy? What's he been doing? I think doing? we're going to get more of Davy in the second half. I think so too. Because <laughs> Davy has to be affected in some way. We just haven't gotten to it. What are your thoughts on the film i'm enjoying it so far i think it is a bit of a slow burn oh. offering <laughs> yeah a slow burn offering a slow burn offering <laughs> uh but i feel like it is ramping up to something big otherwise that one crew member on screen would not have said it was one of the scariest movies she had seen so yeah i'm trusting her okay trust in the screen i'm member. trusting in the crew member on screen because in 1996 at the time scream was like the scariest movie yeah so burned offerings has to be up there somewhere yeah yeah so you're you you're enjoying it what it what about it are you enjoying 
I'm enjoying the eeriness of everything. And it does have some Shining vibes, but The Shining wasn't written until the next year. So The Shining wasn't written until 1977. Oh, actually, you know what? I didn't put that together. I just assumed that The Shining predated this. No. The, so this was 76, right? Yeah. And The Shining, the movie came out in 1980. Oh, okay. What year was Amityville Horror? The Amityville Horror film came out in 1979. So this predates Amityville Horror, The Shining, book, and the movie. Mm, We have this house driving the family mad. Yeah. This is the thing about deals that are too good to be true. Although I don't feel like this was too good to be true. It doesn't even sound like a good deal at all. 900 bucks to do some yard work? No. Even for like, you know, today's standards, it's someone's like, I will charge you $900 for the whole summer if you fix up this entire house. And there's a pool that you need to fix up. Pools are a lot of work. <laughs> and like, just like the, the size of this property, I'm like, no, you need to pay me $900 or more to fix up this property. <laughs> it's like a, it's a live work situation. Yeah. If it was like completely like you, know, an even deal, like, okay, you can live here for free if you fix it up a little bit and yeah. feed my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess. You know, I, I feel like deals like this are still going down and people are accepting them. You know, all I, the, time. the, the live living in exchange for work, that's a good deal, but having to pay to work, that's not a good deal. So I don't know about these. You're paying ropes. to live and work. You're paying to have yeah. a place to live, but also you have to work in exchange for the low rate. Bad deal. Bad deal. At least wouldn't do it. I would not do it. Would you? (laughs) I mean, you know, that pool looked pretty nice. Did it? Yeah. It's pretty hot today. So, you know, I'm going to go for the deal. (sighs) Fine. (laughs) Let's see if I change my mind after we watch the second half. Well, would you rather clean out the pool or do all the cleaning in the house that mom's been doing? I'll I'll take care of the pool. All right. Only because I would get to be inside where I'm assuming it's air conditioned and not full of sunlight. I didn't see that did not look like an air conditioned house. All right. So it's not, well, maybe there's it's no like, way that it's self cooling. It seems self cooling. That could be possible. It might be drafty. Yes. It might be drafty. So I feel like I guess I would rather be vacuuming in the house because at least I wouldn't get sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> mm. it, they both seem like bum deals to me. I don't want to do either one. So, so far, I am enjoying uh, the score. I feel like the. <gasps> the score especially in the beginning the thing to me that's making the movie very tense yeah that cascading string sound i feel like a bunch of modern ghost movies try to use this effect in their score but Mm. um it sounds a little overdone at times sometimes i feel like the score actually goes on an incline to scare you or like do like a little are you talking about are you talking about this score are you talking about uh, other 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 horror movies that use the strings i feel like they usually go on an incline like almost Mm. like the psycho effect yeah 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 but this one is doing the opposite the score is definitely adding to this sense of dread yeah and tension it's really building up to something i'm really enjoying the the cello you're you're spiraling down you're falling deep into somewhere you don't know where (laughs) it is a good score 
I'm enjoying um, Aunt Elizabeth's performance. Yeah, and me too. all the read. Actually, all the performances are pretty solid. Also, so far. I like the look of Aunt Elizabeth in this house. Like when she's walking up the the staircase to go to Mrs. Allardyce's room, she's wearing this very vibrant floral jacket, and she has very bright orange lipstick on, and she's kind of against a pale gray staircase. Mm. So she's the only pop of color in this house or in the rooms that she's going in. She's yeah, the house is lacking some vibrancy. It's yeah. very um I don't know, regal. Yeah. With the ornate wallpapers and the antique furniture and all that. Yeah. But it it does have this sort of grayness to it. It has a faded Brown. gray to it. Yeah. And even though Aunt Elizabeth is trying to fight her fatigue, you can tell she still has this vibrancy that's splashing against this kind of pale ghostly house yeah (laughs) yeah all right should we get into some predictions yeah let's talk about predictions okay first prediction is that aunt elizabeth dies oh what makes you think that you know she's getting more and more fatigued i think she's just going to die of natural causes in bed Mm. so she'll just kind of go to sleep one night and not wake up and they'll make all I guess she was pretty old and <laughs> they'll, they'll be sad, but they won't think anything is amiss. Yeah. They're like, oh, she died. And they'll, you know, still hang out. Cause like, well, we have a few more weeks left here on vacation. So just keep her in the fridge. We'll, we'll just keep just... her in that one room. I like that prediction quite a lot. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Number two, the Allardyces are vampires the allardices are vampires they're vampires okay so this is a vampire movie they're a type of vampire okay uh they can still like you know be in sunlight and stuff but they're they're type of vampires they're energy vampires kind of for Um, those who watch what we do in the shadows yeah and that's why the tombstones end at the 1890s because Mm. Before the 1890s, they were not vampires. They were just regular people. Yeah. They died. And then at some point, some visitor came to the Allardyce's estate and made the people of the 1890s vampires. Oh. And that's why you don't see any more headstones with any Allardyce's in the graveyard. Interesting. Okay. So when they need a rest, is it because it's summer and they need to sleep in their coffins? Yeah, maybe they do. They hibernate. They're like bears. So yeah, so you're going the route of vampire. They're seasonal vampires. Yeah. Interesting. They're like snowbirds, but vampire snowbirds. Only from July 1st to Labor Day. That's when they get to go to bed. like that prediction. I can get on board with that. Yeah. They would prefer to not be in the sunlight during the hottest months of the year, mm-hmm. which is why they go to bed for like, you know, July and August. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And number three, the house is a vampire. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So the vampirism is not only restricted. It's not just restricted to like, you know, humans. Mm-hmm. The house itself is a vampire. Okay. Okay. That house is draining the life force of it this. It is family the rolf family yes that's why every time you see that somebody gets injured the house gets cleaner yeah and more beautiful and pristine <laughs> like in the very beginning what's his face davy scraped his knee mm-hmm. uh we saw the little sprig of green come out of that plant that was dead oh. when ben chipped his or cut his finger on the champagne bottle the light bulb went on mm. and when he uh, got hit in the face by Davy when Ben got hit in the face by Davy in the pool and he bled his nose blood into the pool. 
the next morning, the pool looked like new. Wow. Okay. Good attention to detail yes. there. So every time somebody bleeds, the wow. house gets stronger. These are big predictions. I'm curious what your whopper is going to be. I we're know. only at prediction three and we're already in I vampire know. realm. Well, I mean, number four is pretty boring. I All have right. it. You should put number four and number two if it's I, boring. Oh, well. Well, number four is Davy will put out an actual fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like one of my predictions. Hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> Davy will put an out. Davy will put out an actual fire with the pool pump. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. very practical. Yeah, <laughs> because they made note that he knows how to work the pool pump, so he'll get the pool pump and put out a fire somewhere. <laughs> how was that not prediction number one? <laughs> you got all the whoppers front loaded, and then the next prediction is going to be like someone goes to bed. Yeah. Davy will walk into the bathroom. <laughs> mm, that's a cheating prediction. Someone's going to blink. You can't yes. have those predictions. Uh, is and this my, your whopper? My fifth one. It might be a whopper. Uh, number five. The burnt offerings are the Rolfs. The Rolfs. Okay. They all get set on fire. Wow. Okay. You're taking it to a very grim, violent, yeah. and dark place. Yes. And they... And here I was thinking they're going to all live happily ever after. No. So at towards the end of the movie, they, they all age increasingly. They age and are lit on fire and uh, as a final offering to the house. Yes. So... So they will be the guests that are offered to the house. They are offered to the house. And they had to pay 900 bucks for this? Well, that's What a bum why, deal. That I think the 900 was to hook them. You can't just say free, otherwise no one's going to like... No one trusts free, but No one say, trusts free, but a nominal fee, they'll be like, all right, okay, I could see this being plausible. <laughs> so, and that's why when they got there, there's a note on the door that said, don't worry about anything. The house is yours or whatever. We had to go off somewhere suddenly. Mm. So they didn't even pay the $900 yet. So I think that was there's just There's a something. lot of trust in the 70s. Yeah, well, the allergists just said 900 initially to get them to come. Yeah. See, and this is pre-Venmo. This is pre... Yeah. Even pre-Craigslist. Yeah, leave the money under the mat. We'll get it later. That's why I'm glad to be alive now, because we know better. We know better. We've learned the lessons of these 70s horror films. Yeah. Where the family's just doing everything wrong. So many red flags. Yeah. So many. So many. And yet... Yeah. All right, so that was... That was my five, yeah. They are the burnt offerings. They are the burnt so offerings. So I'm not quite sure how it ties in with Davy putting out a fire and they still get burned anyway. He puts out the fire after they're dead. Oh. And then they're just skeletons. Yeah, and he's like, shoot, I guess I waited <laughs> too like, long. damn, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waited too long. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, my predictions. Those are great predictions, Thank by the way. You. We watch a lot of movies together and your predictions... Might be similar to my predictions, mm -hmm. and it is actually a little scary, a little frightening. A little frightening that we're... Or is it sweet? <laughs> is it sweet? I think it's sweet. All right, you guys, you let us know. Is it sweet or frightening <laughs> that we have the same predictions? <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Yeah. Um, Do we need to make more friends, basically? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, move my number two prediction to my number one prediction. Oh, is number Just two? to get it right out of the way. All right. It's boring. Uh, no, I, I don't think any of my predictions are boring. Right. I, I really tried on this one because it, it is tough for this type of movie. Normally we 
like to cover slashers for yeah. this format of it's episode. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're very predictable. But for something supernatural kind of like this, you have to pay attention to more details. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that in every movie they leave these little clues for you to solve the puzzle of the movie? I always assume they are. And then it turns out they're not. <laughs> Man, I was way off in the burning. Yeah. Oh, well. We yeah, watch our episode on the burning to see yeah. how off we were. That stupid tiger. <laughs> <laughs> so my number one prediction is that Aunt Liz will die in her sleep <gasps> because she is getting tired. I had the same exact yeah, prediction as you. She's getting old. older by the minute but aren't you surprised that i had the very same exact prediction Mm -hmm. that she not only is she going to die because she's going to die in her sleep and yeah i mean anyone can guess that she's going to die but we both guess that she's going to die in her sleep yeah Yeah. good all right so we don't need to talk about that because we already talked about it so we'll just move along my number two prediction is that pappy also known as oliver reed also known as ben Uh is going to go full jack torrance yep that sounds plausible. I saw him wielding that machete, hacking up those leaves, oh, yeah. and roughhousing in the pool. Oh, yeah. The fact that he has a typewriter. There's a typewriter in his office. Yeah. I didn't know that this came out before The Shining, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that he's going to go full madman at full some madman. point in the I, house. That's a good prediction. I don't know why I didn't guess that, too. I don't know if he's going to actually kill anybody. Hmm. I think he's going to attempt to kill everybody. Yeah. He'll hack down some doors. Yeah. Try to squeeze his little, his little face through. <laughs> Here's Ben. <laughs> Stanley, did you just rip off burnt offerings? You mean Stephen? Okay, so Stephen and Stanley. Stephen and Stanley. Rip off artists. Ripped off burnt offerings. Yes. Okay, my number three prediction is that Mrs. Allardyce is dead. Mm-hmm. Like the mummified grandpa in Texas Chainsaw Massacre <gasps> 2 or sort of like a psycho situation. Then who's eating the porridge? That I, that I didn't quite figure out. <gasps> Marion's eating the food herself. She's crazy. <laughs> she's just gone full nuts. She's gone full crazy. Maybe she's going to go Jack Torrance. Oh, she might. That would be great. That would be actually really great. I would like that. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just wondering, there's all this mystery around Mrs. Allardyce. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen her. She's in this room locked away. She's sleeping. Someone's eating the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marion is up there tending to her daily, mm-hmm. constantly. She's always in the room. And uh, so I'm just thinking, like, what's the deal with Mrs. Allardyce? What's going to be the big reveal? Yeah. And I just kind of think it's going to be like she's a mummified corpse sitting in a chair. she is. And that's why she never leaves the house. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I kind of think you're right. I think Marion's been eating the food and forgetting. (laughs) She's hungry. All that cleaning. She's burning a lot of calories. Yeah. My number four prediction, the house feeds on the suffering of its inhabitants. Things get repaired after somebody is hurt. Mm-hmm. I noticed that same detail that you did. Mm-hmm. So I think that the house is also a vampire of some sort. Yeah. It's, it's a, like a ghost vampire. It is me. like a type of vampire. Yeah. Like not yeah. like a literal vampire with things, but it's like a type of vampire that feeds yeah. off. It's people. like an energy vampire. So mm-hmm. it's feeding off the vitality of this family. Exactly. And it's kind of excited by spilt blood mm-hmm. in a way or some sort of harm or injury or suffering. So that's why I said suffering. I should have remembered the bloody nose for some reason that went over my head, but I was thinking it was the incident of pain and yeah. hurt. Yeah, it that could was be feeding yeah. the, the house. trauma in the pool. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where I was going with that. Uh, I also thought that was curious because we both had the feeling that the house is the thing that is the villain. The house might yeah. be the vampire. Yeah, and the Allard essays are almost like the familiars of the house. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's really creepy and that's really interesting. So yeah. I'm excited to see the second half. So that leads me to my fifth prediction, my Whopper, Whopper. Um, which kind of goes along with this ghost vampire theory. Somebody is going to come by after everything is all said and done and they're going to be like, that house burned down a hundred years ago. Oh. That house doesn't exist. The house was the burnt offering. So, yeah, I was trying to think, like, what is the burnt offering? Because that is one of the questions I was trying to pose to myself. I like your idea that the family is the burnt offering. And I was thinking maybe the house is going to burn. It's a ghost vampire house. I don't know. I, honestly, yeah. it's hard to say. The title is so mysterious. It's almost like, you know, the title is going to be the big reveal at the yeah. end. Okay, I have a couple questions. Do you think there's something more to the line? When Ben says to Marion, this means a lot to you, doesn't it? And she says, you know, it does. Like some sort of underlying tension in their marriage. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably something, but I didn't really give that much thought, to be honest. With okay. You. Okay. It seems like the marriage has gone a little stale. There is that moment when Ben and Marion are, uh, it's like right before he was getting a little too aggressive too yeah. on the lawn. And he's like, I know after 13 years, things might not be so blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He's like, am I that repulsive? And she said, no, you are incredibly sexy. Yeah. I didn't believe oh, her. Though. I didn't believe her. I mean, yeah. I believed her in that one moment. Then right afterwards, no. Like, oh. <laughs> not that sexy so yeah maybe they're going on this vacation to mend their marriage but it's honestly doing the exact opposite you know i was thinking that she seems like she has suffered a recent loss oh okay and so i was thinking perhaps she suffered the loss of a pregnancy mm, okay and that's why she needs a vacation to get away she does find her husband attractive, but she's not ready to um, be intimate yet because mm-hmm. of this loss that she suffered uh, within her body, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally and physically. And that could explain the feeling of not wanting to be intimate right then, Yeah, um, but also needing a vacation from her day to day back at home. Yeah, I could see that. That's a very yeah. interesting point. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your next question? Uh, what is the trauma... From Ben's mom's funeral hmm. and the toothy tall man. <laughs> that guy has to come back into play. He's so creepy. Maybe the loss of a parent is just something that he's working through. So yeah, if they're both going through some sort of trauma and loss, maybe that's why they were selected for this house. Mm, the so house selected them. I actually didn't give too much thought to that either. I was too stuck in like, this house is a vampire. The house is a vampire. There's so many dead plants that are coming back to life yeah. and nobody's watering them. Or no maybe one, somebody's watering yeah. them. Marion's cleaning up a storm, but I have not seen her water a plant. <laughs> so she can't do it all. She's yeah. only one person. That's a huge house. That's a lot huge of chores. Huge undertaking. But this toothy tall man, do you think that this man is just a figment of his nightmares? Or do you think he was actually at his mom's funeral? In movies, I want to believe that if that character is a creepy character in his dream, then we'll see that creepy character in the movie. I feel like he will come back. I feel like somehow Ben is going to manifest this um toothy tall man they get a visitor and it's this guy it's the toothy like tall that. man yeah. he's the milkman 
<laughs> he's coming to check on the house. He's going to come for with a delivery and it'll be the same guy wearing those little circle rimmed sunglasses. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm quite excited to finish the movie. I am too. All right. Welcome back. We just finished the second half of Burnt Offerings. What's going on in the second half? Because that was actually pretty crazy. Yeah, especially like the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we left off with Aunt Elizabeth trying to see Mrs. Allardis, much to Marion's chagrin. She does not allow her to. We immediately get a scene of the tall and toothy, as you like to call him. Yes. A uh, character see... known as the chauffeur in the credits. Yeah, tall and toothy shows up pretty quickly after um, we broke for the last time. And that scene of terror by Oliver Reed was something that was, I thought was so gripping. Like he, how he was gripping his can? He was gripping his can, he was literally sweating gripping. and shaking. He looked like his head was going to explode. He like he smashed the Coors can on his face and in his hands. That's how <laughs> how gripping he was, yeah. literally. And, uh, so we get Oracle. this guy from his dream who is now appearing in real life. Or is he? Because he kind of disappears. Yeah, he comes down the driveway in that hearse with a coffin in the back seat and gives us his grin. Uh, and then Ben almost blinks and he's gone. Yeah. So is it part of his imagination? Is the house driving him mad? Later on that night, dad wakes up and he goes into Davy's room. But yeah, he must know something. Yeah, up. so he something's amiss and he tries to get into Davy's room. He has to kick the door open and Davy's passed out cold. Uh, there's a gas leak in the room. He has to break the window open. The next morning, Aunt Elizabeth is looking a little worse for wear. She's starting to look even more pasty and sweaty. I think she stopped wearing makeup she at this point. She stopped wearing makeup. She looks more gray and less vibrant. And she goes to Mary and says, you don't think it was my fault, do you? Marion basically blames her for being old and says, you forgot things. It's okay. And <laughs> Aunt Elizabeth is pissed at this comment. Marion is also being super defensive at this point towards the house and mm -hmm. any suggestion that something's off. Very defensive of the, of the house as if it's her best friend now, which it basically is. And now the house is becoming a character in itself. Yeah. The house is actually trying to kill this family. And everyone can sense it except for Marion. Even if she knows it, she's just straight up denying everything because she is completely obsessed with the house and especially with the sitting room and Mrs. Allardyce. And Ben even asks Marion at one point, he says, for me, could you give up the house? Would you give up the house? And she pauses so pregnantly and <laughs> she's saved in time because Davy comes screaming into the room saying, Aunt Elizabeth isn't well. And so Marion doesn't have to give her answer right then. So they run into Aunt Elizabeth's room who is looking pretty bad. As one of our predictions that she was going to die, she just had all the signs of wearing away and tired. And, and at this point, even her speech is starting to fail 
Rachel in one of her final scenes, Ben is watching over her in her room and he can hear something coming up the stairs. We're just looking at the door, waiting for something to walk in. And I have to say this moment was very tense. They're just showing the closed door and you can hear the steps getting closer and closer. And Betty Davis is giving her speechless all as she's writhing and moaning and her eyes are circling to her head. She looks messed up. She looks sweaty, her eyes sunken in. She looks like she is teetering on the edge of her mortal coil. Yeah, she's near death. Ben, he is just paralyzed in fear doing his Doing his shake again, his gripping shake. Sweating profusely. Yeah, and then who comes bursting in the room? Tall and toothy. (laughs) This guy is... Straight up creepy. Really sort of sunken in features. He's wearing the glasses. Very pale. Very vampiric. Going back to what I said about people in the 70s, this is what I imagine that people looked like back then. Oh my gosh. I'm sure that was not natural. There was a pound of makeup on that guy. Very striking though. Perfect for the role. Yeah, and he has a nice dimpled chin. I don't think that was prosthetic. I think that was a real dimpled chin. Do you think those were her his real teeth? Or oh, do you, yeah. you think they put in some fakes, some falses? Oh, maybe some veneers. I don't know. <sighs> oh, burnt offering in here. So Tall and Toothy comes in and shoves the casket over to their side, and we cut to someone's funeral. Whose is it? Elizabeth. It's Aunt Elizabeth's. And guess who's not there? Marion. Hmm. Yeah. She had to stay back and take care of Mrs. Mrs. Allardyce. Allardyce. Yeah. She's like, oh, I couldn't just leave her on her own. Yep. And I'm going to make this grand dinner with She's... my cloak that looks very vampiric also. She is starting to look like Countess Dracula she right is. now. <laughs> and she is looking more and more suspicious where we're starting to think as viewers, I think she's Miss Allardyce or she's playing this role of Mrs. Yeah. Allardyce because she's wearing the antique jewelry. She's wearing all the, the robes, Victorian attire. Yeah. As soon as she goes full Countess Dracula, then yeah. it's, you know, it's game the, over. The cameo chokers and the, the high collars. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a vampire now. She looked cool. I mean, honestly, like that was a cool look. Yeah, it was. I was into that. If I were hanging out in that house, that's what I would want to wear. You would want to wear a big Victorian gown. Yes. That sounds fun. (laughs) I mean, just really into the house. Yeah. It's like when you go on vacation and you find some like really cool robe and that's your vacation robe. That's your vacation. Wear it all weekend. And then you take it home and you're like, that's not as fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's better did we do that yes of course we might we, did. we might have done that um <laughs> well they try moving. to leave during a crazy rainstorm and uh because he he had just had enough so he grabs davy and it's like we got to get out of here something is wrong and your mom does not want to come she we i gave her this choice we're packing up we're leaving and I made her choose between me or the house. And she clearly chooses the house. She clearly chooses the house. So they peace house. out and they run to the car in the pouring rain, in yeah. the mud and peace out of there. Mm-hmm. And they drive down the that sort of like overgrown driveway that he was trying to hack up with a machete. But yeah. he didn't put in enough work because they weren't able to make it out. No, they weren't. There's kind of this like little Sam Raimi evil dead shot where uh, a vine 
gets Daddy's Total ankle. Evil Dead, yeah. Yeah. Tree falls down, blocks the car off. Blocks the station wagon. Yeah, he's trying desperately to get through. But yeah, and Davy's not on board. He's screaming and hitting him and going, Mom, help me. Yeah. Come on, Davy, get the picture. Also, like, poor Davy, he's kind of gotten the shit end of the stick this whole run. Yeah, he doesn't know, <laughs> doesn't know which parent to side with and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> kid. They don't get to leave in that storm. And so they decide to go swimming instead. Davy, he's trying to get daddy into it again. But why daddy, is he going in that pool again? I Didn't he know. learn his lesson you know? from the first time? That pool is yeah. bad news. And, and daddy's not even trying to go in it. He's paralyzed. He He's catatonic. Of course, Marion's inside tending to no one. And <laughs> <laughs> there is a shot at one point of her eating the tray of food for Mrs. Allardyce. And we're like, okay, obvious. Yeah. You're at this the one point, that, it is becoming clear. Yeah. That she is becoming Mrs. Allardyce. One moment of inconsistency with Marion where she's outside and she tells Davy, get out of the pool. It's kind of like that Jaws moment where, you know, mom's telling little Alex Kintner, get out of the water. You're starting to prune. Mm. And Alex is like, oh, come on, mom. Ten more minutes. <laughs> it's kind of what Davy does. He's like, oh, come on, mom. And she's like, He's a no. kid. He's trying to make the best of this really shitty situation. Yeah, terrible vacation. Worst yeah. summer ever. She's like, no, no, you stay out of the pool. I'm going to go inside. So she leaves and goes inside. She's no longer wearing her Victorian garb. She's wearing her regular I'm Marion garb. Mm -hmm. And Davy's in the pool and it's starting to get more turbulent. And dad's like looking very tense and shaky and the pool's getting more and more turbulent. You can tell that he is trying with all of his inner might to break this catatonic state that he's in to help yeah. his son. Mm-hmm. But it's not working and Davy is underwater and like flailing. And at one point, Marion does look out the window and she's like, oh, no, Davy. She's trying to break the window. She finally gets outside and she dives into the pool and she saves Davy. Very graceful dive. Very graceful. She's like, Davy. She jumps in. Someone get that kid some floaties immediately. Exactly. That kid needs an <laughs> inner tube. This kid's like 12. Can't swim. Water rings. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and Ben actually does manage to stumble out of his chair, but can't do much more than that. He's like, I tried. But he does break his catastrophic state. Yeah. And they're like, oh, dad, you talked. Cool. And that's when Davy's like, mom, can we leave this place? And she's like, yes, today. Finally. Yeah. So they pack up and they're almost ready to go. There's, um, and uh, Marianne says... I just have to check on Mrs. Allardyce one more time. Right. They're like in the car. Leave her my number just in case she needs something. Yeah, they're in the car. All three of them, they're all packed up and they're inside the car. She's like, oh, wait, I forgot to tell Miss Allardyce. And like, how many times have we seen this in a movie where the main characters, they almost leave, but they go back for one more thing. <laughs> like, oh, man, this movie's not over. So she gets out, she goes inside. And I will say that these last like 10 minutes of the movie were so tense. She goes in, there's no music playing at all, like no, no score. She just goes in the house. She goes upstairs. And then we see Ben and Davey waiting in the car. No music at all. It's completely silent. And we're just waiting for something to happen. Mm. And Ben is like stewing. He's like, oh. You can tell his inner dialogue is like, do I go in there and get her? Should I give her a few more minutes? How long should I wait? And so finally he's like, okay. And he tells Davey, I'm going to go get your mother. <laughs> he doesn't say I'll be right back or anything like that. It's like he knows that he's not going to be right back. Yeah. You can tell on his face. He just knows this is the end for him. 
And so he goes in the house and he goes upstairs and still this whole moment while he's walking up the stairs, it's completely silent. And if this was any other movie being filmed today, there would be like rising strings and really tense music playing. You know, I didn't even notice the music because of how tense the scene was. It was so tense. Wow. And they finally start playing some music when he gets into the sitting room. Mm, okay. But you don't hear anything until he gets into that sitting room. And even when he touched the doorknob, it like made me jump because it was the only sound that you heard for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. The great thing about this is you know exactly what's going to happen by this point, but they are building up that tension and you know you, you're like waiting for this reveal. Yeah. And it works. It does work. And so he gets into the sitting room. He knocks on Miss Allardyce's door. He goes inside and we actually see the back of Mrs. Allardyce. Sitting in a chair, looking out the window. Sitting in her chair. Stark blonde. Stark white white hair in a bun. And he's trying to explain to her and we just see her coral colored fingernails. Like, oh, wasn't that the color of Marion's fingernails? And at this point, it looked like she could have been sort of a psycho mom corpse style. But then you see the fingers just move a little bit. The fingernails are moving. Like, oh man, it's Marion for sure. (laughs) So he finally goes over to her and he turns the chair and sees. And we get to see her. It is Marion. But she has aged significantly. Oh my gosh. She looks like a vampire. Like her eyes are so pale blue. And this is the really creepy moment. She looks him in the eyes when, oh, because he kind of like shakes it, shakes Mrs. Allardyce towards him. And she's like, I was waiting for you. Yeah. And she looks super creepy. She does. She looks sinister. Like even if it is Marion, but aged. Um, you believe that this is full possessed Marion. Yes. Full on possessed Marion. And so what does she do? She tosses him out the window. (laughs) Bye, Ben. He lands face first into the windshield of the station wagon. Blood splatters into Davy's face. And that's a pretty terrifying scene. The way they pulled off this effect. Um, I'm sure they cut a hole and, you know, just squished his face in there. Squished his little face in there. That scene was quite terrifying. Yeah. And Davy just screaming and like the blood splattering in this kid's face, knowing it's his dad's blood. That was pretty horrific. Yeah. He's going crazy. Full panic mode. He jumps out of the car. He's screaming for mom to come out. Mom's not coming out. And the house starts crumbling. I think it's the chimney. Yeah. So bricks are flying off and all that. And. Davy looks up in terror at the house itself and the bricks fall onto Davy. Fall on Davy, crushing him. So you don't actually see the bricks falling on an yeah. actual thing. Yeah, you you know, you, you don't need to see a splattered kid. You can put two <laughs> and two together and imagine what happened. Uh, yeah. And then we cut to our fully restored house and the voiceover of the Allardyce sibling saying mother is fully restored. The flowers are blooming and the grass is perfectly green. Yeah. Ivy no longer crawling up the walls. It's it's pure. pristine and pristine perfect. and pure. And so they snap a picture and they put it on the wall. Yeah. So we know that this has happened multiple times. Yeah. Every time the house becomes decrepit, a new family is invited in. And in that vampire-like way that we predicted, sucks the life force literally out of 
the the occupants yeah and then it gets restored takes care of itself but not to worry for those occupants you know they get their glory too they get to be on the offering table (laughs) they get themselves a nice little framed photo yeah they get a little framed picture and you know what the rolfs got pretty big photos big bright color photos yeah bigger than any of the other photos that was burnt offering i think it lived up to the recommendation by this scream cast member scream production member crew member yeah yeah i'll have to look at that feature again and find out who she was but (laughs) thank you lady from scream set so what were your initial reactions to the movie it Definitely was a slow burn offering. <laughs> but weren't all movies at that time a slow burn as By today's to... standards, I, I hear this a lot. Oh, it's from the 70s. It was a slow burn. I think you're right. I think any movie that was pre-1997 or something was probably considered a slow <laughs> burn. I'm sure Scream is considered a slow burn. I was going to say standards. maybe Scream was the movie that stopped that slow burn stopped craze. Stopped slow burn. Yeah. I don't know. I want to say in the 80s, things shifted to just right out the gate. You're getting. Yeah. All the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I feel like those are pretty fast paced. Yeah. Uh, I would say that a lot of horror movies in the 70s and previously, um, they are slow burns or more dialogue heavy. Right. And there's more more of a tension build. Yes. And I was saying that, oh, this is totally The Shining, which is why I made that Jack Torrance prediction. But this actually predates The Shining. It predates The Shining. And it predates Amityville Horror. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting i could see maybe those movies being influenced yeah being influenced by this movie yeah i can see that too a family driven to madness the house is alive the house in a sense is a vampire yeah Yeah. should we go over predictions yeah let's go over predictions okay my number one prediction was that aunt liz is going to die in her sleep because she was getting tired and she looked like she was aging so i knew something was up there And while she didn't die in her sleep, she did die in her bed. So I feel like that's close enough. I feel like that warrants it. You know, I have the same prediction. So whatever you give yourself, I'll give myself the same. (laughs) We're going to get a point there. Okay, we get a point for that. Good. Aunt Liz dies in bed. (laughs) She was the safest bet for a character death in this movie. I wouldn't have predicted that the son and Ben would die. I thought that um, I kind of thought they all would die. I felt like maybe they would be trapped in the house or something. Mm. You know, this was actually pretty vicious of a movie. And this house was on a rampage. It was. My next prediction was that Pappy will go full Jack Torrance. That didn't quite happen. I feel like he got all of his aggression out when he grabbed the machete and started hacking up the leaves outside. Oh, I was going to say in the pool when he tried to drown his son. Well, so then it continued on. And then I think because he got his aggression out in that way, he was able to relieve himself. And uh, then he was just struck by fear and and became this sort of like catatonic, terror-stricken guy. So the lesson is, if you have pent-up rage, go exercise. Do some yard work. Go trim your driveway with a machete. (laughs) And you'll be fine. You won't go Jack Torrance. You might still get dead. Yeah, Marion was actually closer to going full Jack Torrance. She was pretty Jack Torrance. She And I would say she was there mentally, but not physically yet. I would have loved to have seen her with an axe, just... 
chasing people flying around. through the house yeah she did throw ben out the window so you know she that's did. that's pretty crazy yeah yeah she did pretty but good. not in the way we don't see this full yeah. kind of like madman we didn't style. get to see her cathartic rage yeah yeah so we didn't right. we didn't see that so i didn't get a point for that no point that's okay mm-hmm. um my number three prediction was that mrs allardyce is dead like a psycho situation it was very close to being a psycho situation yeah. but it was more of mrs allardyce never existed in a way mrs allardyce is the house yeah and she needs some vessel so maybe she's more of like a ghost or demonic entity that needs a vessel to regenerate herself yeah and the siblings at the end do say mother is restored and by mother it's the house what have they framed the house yeah i'm not gonna give myself a point there i got close very close that's about as close to prediction you can get without actually getting a point you know i'll give you a quarter of a point a quarter of a point. These are very subjective points. Yeah. There's no actual rules well, here. Well, you wrote Psycho, and that moment with, you know, Granny in the chair was very reminiscent of Psycho. So That's true. Yeah. I like that part of All your right. prediction. I'll take it. I'll a take quarter. a quarter, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, my number four prediction was that the house feeds on the suffering of its mm. inhabitants. Things get repaired after someone is hurt. Yep. That sounds like a solid point to that's me. A, that's a solid point. Yeah. Because as you were saying, the family is the offering. This house really is like a demonic entity, yeah. a vampire-like entity. Yeah. It's like a Venus flytrap. It yeah. lures people in. Once you get in, you don't get out. Exactly. And then that's how it regenerates itself. So that is a solid point right there. Solid point. Yes. My number five and Whopper, which I don't know about this one, but I couldn't come up with anything else, um, was that someone will come by the house at the end of the movie and say, the house burned down a hundred years ago. (laughs) That was very specific. (laughs) Well, because I was going with this theme of a ghost vampire house. And if it's a ghost house, then I feel like we would have gotten that scene of somebody coming by later and saying like, the house never existed. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, you Because I, I was also thinking that maybe we would get a scene of the family trying to escape and they get all the way down the road and then they turn a corner and they end up right back, back to where they back at the house. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen this in horror movies. That has plenty happened. Plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the, that house never existed. Trope. Yeah. We've seen the- You'll I, never get out. I drove five miles down the road and I ended up in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Like a, you're in purgatory kind right. of situation. Like in that- show them or them they or, or from from yeah. from we got to check out the rest of that one we've only one seen the first good. episode because it was free yeah the other ones were not free <laughs> well i think it's us. free now is it free Prime. now i think it might be on Prime. all right we'll check it out all right <laughs> all right so my predictions number one aunt elizabeth dies very one nice point. very nice yes mm-hmm, very good mm-hmm. number two the allardyces are vampires uh bloodline started in the 1890s but also they're kind of like the familiars to the house. Uh, they're not vampires? I don't think they're vampires. Then who's taking all those photos? I think the house could be a vampire. Well, if the house is a vampire and house is mother, then the children of mother must also be vampires. So it's like a non-traditional vampire. So I'll give you a point for a non-traditional implied vampire. Implied but vampire? But they don't have fangs. No. They do have capes. Yeah, they have like Victorian capes. That is true. Okay, now I'm okay. I'm starting to turn a page on the vampire thing. I mean, they never explicitly say vampire, but I kind of feel like they are a relative of the vampire. Yeah. Oh, it is hot in here. 
I've got to suffer through I it. I am feeling those burnt offerings. Okay, fine. Half a point for the Allardyces <laughs> are a type of vampire. Um, three, the house is a vampire. Yeah, I, yes, fully, yes. Full point for house. It's like a, a Venus flytrap. Okay. I said the house is a vampire. It grows stronger with every cut and scrape. It sucks the life from its guests. Okay. And then four, Davy will put out a literal fire with the pool pump. Was that your whopper? I, I don't know where that one was. That was more of like a grasping at straws. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know what else to say here. So uh, that's no, that's zero. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. And poor Davy. Poor Davy. And then five, the burnt offerings are the Rolfs. <laughs> um, I also say they age and are lit on fire. Um, Whoa, you had a lot in that whopper. I, I, did. I guess you had to make it into a whopper. They are they age and are lit on fire as a final offering to the house. They were consumed by the house, literally. Yeah. They so, weren't yeah. lit on fire. No. But they were the burnt offering. They yeah. were the final offering to the house. Yeah. So that's definitely I'll give that a point. A point? Yeah. Really? I'll give that a point. Yeah. All right. Because they were the offerings. Although you it's like you had too much, but I'll just I, I forget I, that I heard the last couple parts. Should I dock a quarter because I said the Yeah, three fire. quarters of a point, yeah. All right, so I get three quarters <laughs> of a point for that. All right, what does that bring you to? That brings me to three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Wow, that's pretty good. I have scored two and a quarter. So <gasps> Elise is the winner of this episode. We got very technical with the the uh, the fractions. <laughs> very technical. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the family being the burnt offerings, yeah. but what are burnt offerings? So I had a feeling it was rooted in uh, religion somehow, just because, you know, the word offering sounds very religious. Yeah, like uh, an offering. And apparently it's, I think, rooted in Judaism. A burnt offering was for a god. A burnt offering is a form of sacrifice first described in the Hebrew Bible as a tribute to God. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. So uh, these are more metaphorical burnt offerings. They were, but it's an offering made for a metaphorical for... god. Is that what you said? Well, sorry, I was only half listening. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> a burnt offering was entirely burnt on the altar. Yeah, and there's a little picture of an animal burning on an altar. Oh wow, that's like actual like a blood sacrifice. Yeah, sort like of thing. a like a burned sacrifice. Yeah, and that interpretation, then the house becomes the god. Yeah. And the mother. The, the mother, mother is the house mm -hmm. and the mother and the house are the gods. Yeah. What I love is that there's this wall of mother's picture. The siblings have taken mother's picture, the house, throughout time. Oh, and, yeah. I see where you're going with that. I was like, I don't know where you're going with and, this. Well, in the beginning when um, the Rolfs are looking at that wall of pictures and it's all of the house. Right. And Ben goes, that's strange. It's all of the house. <laughs> and it's like, well, that makes sense now because if the house is mother, you want to have a wall dedicated to your mom, right? So your mom gets a whole wall where her photo it's like putting up her yearbook photo every yeah, year. Yeah, every year. Mom gets a little older, so you put a picture of mom. Pictures get a little better. Yeah, there's mom. Aww. <laughs> Some other thoughts after seeing this movie. The score really helps in the tension of mm -hmm. the film. I really thought that um, Betty Davis's performance was great. Yeah. She, I, she might have been my favorite character. Yeah, she was pretty good. 
Um, and she really had, I think, the most defined character arc. She went from being very vibrant to almost infantile and down to her last groans um, when she's looking at the door, waiting for it to open, knowing something sinister is behind it. Yes. She sounded like a baby. She's actually a reverse of the greenhouse that we see. The greenhouse starts with these dead flowers yeah. and slowly becomes more and more vibrant. In the second mm -hmm. half, we actually see a scene where Marion walks into that greenhouse and it is chock full of life. This is actually, yeah, right after Elizabeth dies. Right after she dies. After And it looks like the jacket she was wearing. It does, yes. Because Elizabeth's jacket was like, it was like that greenhouse. So like so lively and vibrant. Yeah. And the house just sucked that right out of her. Sucked out her vitality. I know. Sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> I did like her performance according to IMDb. She did not enjoy performing with Oliver Reed very much. You know, I've heard some stories about Oliver and how he was uh, maybe a bit of a drinker and mm -hmm. maybe he died in a drunken uh, day at the bar arm wrestling some sailors. Oh, yeah. Maybe drink. During the filming of Gladiator. Yeah, chugging three bottles of rum. That is some pretty crazy shit. That's crazy. Uh, however, I have also heard stories of Betty Davis not always getting along with co-stars. Well, you know, okay. if you get a guy who's a like a boozer. You get like a, you know, a silver screen icon. Yeah. And she's like, I'm, I don't need to take your shit. I'm Betty Davis. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they probably butt heads. Probably so. Yeah. Apparently she also did not get along with Karen Black. No, she didn't get along with anyone. Did nah. she get along with Davey? Probably Davy. She likes the young bucks. Yeah, Davy's probably fine. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Davy, that's the other point I wanted to make was poor Davy. Poor Davy. He has the saddest character of this entire film. Like he almost drowns in a pool twice. <laughs> Once by the hand of his father. That's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> he uh, almost suffocates due to a gas leak. Yeah. And then uh, then a chimney full of bricks fall and kill him. Well, also, after he sees his dad die right in front of him. Also abducted and wondering why his dad is trying to kidnap him away from his mother. So all these traumatizing things are happening to Davy. This is the worst summer vacation ever. Yeah, he definitely, well, yeah, because he's dead. And then he dies. That's, so yeah, it's, this the is button. the, yeah, he definitely got the shit end of the stick yeah. here. And speaking of summer vacations, this is a terrible summer vacation. This is, this is why I wanted to mention the Airbnb um, horror story where we had a stinky bedroom yeah th this does not even come close this is on par with our stinky bedroom in seattle <laughs> yeah exactly sorry reverse that our stinky bedroom in seattle does not come close to the horrors of staying in this house <laughs> it was pretty bad though you haven't smelled that bedroom guys how do you feel about these big victorian mansion style house the decor like would you live in one no it's way too much upkeep marion didn't <laughs> mind but you know how much you would have to dust constantly Ugh. do you like the aesthetic of like the old wallpaper and this sort of or yes. ornate actually the wallpaper yes i think wallpaper is kind of fun the ornate furniture and mm. frames and antique furniture are you a fan of that i will say when she was in that sitting room it looked very dark and i was like ugh, how could she find that relaxing that looks so like suffocating and dark and depressing <laughs> I don't mind the wallpaper or the greenhouse. That kitchen looked kind of nice. Yeah. But that little sitting room. Ugh. 
<laughs> I guess that's just like a, a hint at her, you know, psychosis that she finds that relaxing yeah. surrounded by dead people. To me, it just looks so dusty. It's just like... Exactly. Yeah. Those houses are just pure dust balls. Yeah. We should get into our awards ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we should. We haven't mentioned I am, before. I am melting. There is a, there's a heat wave, a real serious heat wave going yeah. on right now. And uh, so. we cannot put on the air conditioner for you listeners because you'll hear it. And uh, not We us. are literally burning ourselves in offering to yeah. the podcast. Yeah, we're very method with this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So our next movie that we review is going to be that one on the ski lift. The burning. No, the one on the ski lift where it's just cold. That way we can just sit in ice block here and yeah. that will naturally cool. Yeah, what's that one called? It's called like a ski lift. Ski, ski or like hanging. It's I'm like, never going to guess this. So It's like fall, but they're in a ski lift. And My it's best called, guess is, is called ski. I think it's called freeze. Free frozen. Fro frozen. It's frozen. It's frozen, a children's okay. musical. Yeah. Get back to us, guys. If you know what I'm talking about, people on a ski lift and they die, <laughs> or they get really cold. Uh, okay, award ceremony. Uh, golden gut. Who or what gets the golden gut for this film? Oh, okay. Do I get to go first? Yeah. My okay. This is a pretty easy one for yeah, me. Yeah, I think I know what it is. My golden gut goes to Betty Davis. Oh, and Elizabeth. Yeah, she was my favorite character in the film. Yeah, she was sassy and she looked cool. She's a painter. She did look cool. So I can really relate to that because I did go to art school. You went to art school. You painted things. I used to be a painter. So you are Betty Davis. I thought she had a nice range yeah. of. Uh, she was this sort of like hip aunt, and then at the end when she was babbling and she. She turned very sweaty. And yeah, she dead. turned into a baby. She was like wailing like a baby. Yeah, she's yeah. a cool character. I like Terry too. Yeah. yeah, she gets my golden gut. Nice. My golden gut is going to be. It comes down to either the score, the menacing score, mm -hmm. or the last ten minutes of the movie. That silent period. Oh. <gasps> or tall and toothy. Well. Ooh, hold on, wait. Tall and toothy was pretty creepy. All right. I'm changing my mind. I'm giving the golden gut to Tall and Toothy. Oh, wow. Okay, I was going to say, you usually don't choose a technical aspect. I was about to be impressed. Excuse me? Sorry, I was about to be shocked. Oh, okay. Not so impressed. You're That's no longer word. impressed with me. <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I mean, it, it almost was a three-way tie between a scene, the score, or Tall and Toothy. Yeah. But Tall and Toothy was so creepy. He was quite creepy. Even like his and first moment. It's crazy that uh, he predates the tall man. He predates the tall man, tall and toothy. Very lanky, very toothy. I liked his grin. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that decision right there. Yeah. What gets your best intestines? The best intestines award is for who has the best, saddest, or most gut-wrenching death. Man. And I, at first I thought we weren't going to get too many traditional death mm. scenes but we actually did we got a few in the climax you know i'm gonna give it to ben that being thrown out of the window and face planting into the family station wagon with your blood splattering on your son's face that's pretty that's pretty intense that was crazy <laughs> that was pretty crazy yeah and his just like lifeless blue eyes staring back at his kid oh that was creepy um <laughs> yeah it's going to dad 
Or I <laughs> can almost fully agree with that. Although I just had it in my mind because I was wavering between the two, um, the dad or the son. Yeah. And I'm going to give it to the son on this one just because I feel so bad for yeah. Davey. This is like the summer vacation from hell, yeah. literally. And his summer vacation ends with a chimney full of bricks falling on him uh-huh. after he witnesses his dad's death right yeah. up in his face. That's a pure shit stick. Yeah, Poor so kid. he is, I just feel bad for this kid. Yeah. He's definitely, it sucks So he has him. to get some award. Yeah, he so gets, he for could, me, he gets the best intestines. He gets an intestine. It's like a nice little consolation yeah, prize. Yeah, like, here you go. Sorry, you died, but... This one podcast gave you an award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many years later. What gets the axe for you? What one element or character would you cut from the film? Hmm. Can you go first? Yeah. I would say like, you know, all the boob groping from Ben. The boob. <laughs> yeah. He like did too much boob groping. <laughs> I think it was just one scene. It felt like a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it was a lot. That one scene carried a lot it of It was weight. very present in my mind. I feel like he did it at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what, whatever boob groping that So happened. you're going to axe off his hand oh. so that he can't grope? No, I mean, not that sinister. <laughs> I really feel like he improv that moment. That's why I would get rid of it. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to give my gutted axe award to the haircuts, mm. particularly the little boy, this sort of 70s long bowl cut style. I don't know what you call it. It's like the page boy or whatever. Yeah, well, Davey had the page boy. It's ben- always irked me. I don't know how that could have been in fashion. Yeah. Call me maybe out of touch. Maybe I'm not yeah. that hip. You're old. You're new fashion. Because well, I know fashions recycle themselves. Yeah. So I'm sure at some point closest I experienced on my own was like that sort of almost famous early 2000s yeah, hair flip. With the bangs. Yeah. Boy bangs. Or maybe it's what is that like the indie rock style yeah what i don't know what, the, what you like would call the that. jim halpert from the office season one yeah that's kind of the closest but the, there's something about the haircuts in the 70s on men mm-hmm. the, where the hair was incredibly full in yeah. the back very sparse in the bang yeah. area and then just like a blunt chop cut covers your ears it's it's just you know, hot it looks hot it does look hot but maybe it was intended to be warm for the colder um areas of the country are you saying this is like you know global warming had affected the hairstyles yeah and now so, we're sweating because <laughs> now everyone's skin bald now we all need to be no i would want a hairdo that is spiked up but then comes out like an umbrella that I way, think that's coming. It can shade me. It's coming in 2024. Oh, here's hoping. <laughs> I'm sweating, guys. I'm, right. I'm not saying that like some of the hairstyles I had mm-hmm. growing up were that cool because I had some like pretty god-awful hairstyles. Hey, you, you dared to try. I used to use a tub of gel. Yeah, you, you dared to gel and spike <laughs> and uh, have bleach blonde tips. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've had the same hairstyle since I was five. Yeah, it's eventually going to come back around. Good. So you'll be cool every 15 years. That's my figure. <laughs> just waiting, just waiting it out. <laughs> Next segment, the blockbuster, blockbuster rating. rating. Our favorite video store. Where would you place burnt offerings in your blockbuster? Is it going to be a staff pick? Is it going to be on the main shelf? Is it a bargain bin? 
Or you can find this in the back alley dumpster. I've yet to review a movie for this podcast where the the movie goes into the back alley dumpster. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I've placed any in the bargain bin yet. But um, you know, we try to choose movies we think are going to be okay at yeah. least. I think the closest we got to bargain bin was when we did Prom Night, the remake. Right. Uh, you've made me put it in Hollywood video. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I'll put it on the main shelf in Hollywood video. But I didn't even get to put it in the bargain bin. Such a burned Hollywood video. I love Hollywood video, by the way. Maybe you said you're taking yours to Hollywood video. and I'm I leaving. did, yeah. So I think I'm pretty solidly leaving this one on the main shelf. Main shelf. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I probably would not put it in the staff pick, um, but I think it's pretty solid on the main shelf for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I feel like it could possibly be a staff pick. Mm -hmm. This predates certain haunted house movies. Yeah, like Shining, Phantasm, and uh, Amityville Horror. This started to become a very popular type of horror movie to make in the 70s mm -hmm. and into the 80s. But I've feel like it's going to be a main shelf for me. Main well. shelf, yeah, yeah. I have to agree. Uh, if we're going by creepy characters, then Tall and Toothy, I think I'd place in my staff pick. <laughs> I so creepy. <laughs> Loved his toothiness. <laughs> I like, I was creeped out, but also slightly um, attracted to him in a very like, he's intriguing kind of a way. Like, yeah. what's his deal? <laughs> what's his why, deal? Why is he so happy? What's his secret? <laughs> his secret is uh, being an evil entity. I don't know if he was evil. He just looked happy. I mean, he looked pretty evil. To me. I mean, he took pleasure in his job. He was the chauffeur of dead people and he was happy about it. Yeah. So I can't fault him for that. <laughs> he didn't actually do anything bad. He just came with a casket for Aunt Liz before she died. So he was good at his job. He uh, predicted. He's like, I know what I like. Is that him? Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that <laughs> He looks terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for those who are curious, just go ahead and search for Anthony James. Wonderful actor. He's been in a lot of Westerns. He, he stopped acting in the 90s to pursue an art career. Ooh, yeah, so, so you identify with him as well. Of course, yeah. Okay, and his so. name's Anthony and my name's Tony. Anyway, I really like this man's look. He just passed away in 2020. Uh, I am intrigued to look up more of his films. What are your last thoughts on Burnt Offerings? I'm going to stick with my, uh, my punny line. It is a slow burn, slow burn offering <laughs> and tall and toothy one of my favorite favorite creepy characters now i'm gonna say if this is a modern day airbnb and you're renting a house that seems too good to be true it is too good to be true if two siblings are renting out their grand mansion to you in exchange for hard labor <laughs> say no go work on a farm somewhere yeah work on a farm that sounds way more rewarding well that about wraps it up for this episode we are literally burning up we're sweating <laughs> we're gonna go find some ice cubes <laughs> that's right thank you for watching and or listening give us a like subscribe email us check out the patreon if interested yeah that's right let us know what kind of episodes you are interested in hearing from us this has been another episode of gutted, gutted.